This is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. And I'm Alex Stokes. The beer comedian. Yeah. Wow. Hi, Alex. <laughs> How are you doing? I don't know why I like to feign surprise that uh, <laughs> one of my friends is here to guest uh, co-host the show, because, I don't know, it just strikes me. As, at the moment, it's funny, but then when I watch it later, I, I feel stupid. Yeah. No. Like, wow, Alex Stokes, when yeah. did you come in? <laughs> I, I snuck in. Back door. Well, you and I have known each other a long time because of comedy. Right. I think we met hanging out at the old side. Splitters uh, Comedy Club. Yeah. I, I, I almost said Country Club at the Old Side Splitters Comedy <laughs> Club. I think it was um, one of the celebrity. I was, well, and, celebrity. Well, I was um, in, in doing the Host with the Most contest, which was right. for radio DJs, a couple of newspaper reporters, uh, maybe a, one or two TV reporters mm-hmm. in it. And the idea was put these people who are not comedians up on stage and have them do stand up. Um, to try to win money for the charity of their choice. Right. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I need to win because right. I'm that way. <laughs> um, and the charity was counting on it, right? So I thought, well, I look at this book. Some of the other, uh, I got this book on how you're supposed to do stand-up comedy. It was the Judy, somebody, Judy Carter, the comedy Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's a good one. Some of the other comics around the club told me about this book, so I get it. And I just started following the steps, which meant that I had to come to open mic night every week for, I mean, months before the actual right. performance. And that's where I would see you guys, you and, you know, all these other local comics, some of yeah. whom, you know, are now national comics, right. um, hanging out and working on their stuff all the time. And I thought, well, I'll, just, I'll guess I'll get up there, and I, what's the worst I can do, you know? But when you get to the cut ahead to October, when the, the Host with the Most contest is happening, None of my competition <laughs> have been practicing. No, not one of them. They're all just going to go up there and wing it. Yeah. And I've been practicing. Plus, I also was hustling and selling tickets. Right. So when you get to the event, um, the overwhelming majority of the room have bought their tickets from me. Yeah. And I'm telling jokes that they'll, they'll get and they'll relate to. So... Right. I won the contest. Yeah. yeah. Two years in a row. <laughs> so the second year, I did the same thing the second year. And you're figuring they're all going to learn from me, right? right. No. No. They don't care. <laughs> they don't it sounds care. like most of the comedians I know, they still don't prepare. So. But that's how long you and I have known each other. And, I mean, um, you've performed um, on the same bill as Einstein Simplified, because you do stand-up, and mm-hmm. I do improv with Einstein, uh, which is, I want to mention that, actually, a little bit, the difference right. between... The comedy that I like, which is improv, and the comedy that you like, which is right. stand-up. Yeah. It, oh. it, boy, it's a hard one. I see them as opposite but complementary, and I'll explain that in a minute. They but are. also, uh, while you're watching us on the YouTubes, please do um, hit the like button, the subscribe button mainly, and also, if you'd like to, ring the bell for notifications so that you'll never miss any of our videos. Got one coming up um, real soon, probably this weekend, I guess it has to be this weekend, at the Tennessee Valley Fair. I'm still a little sunburned from hanging out at the Tennessee Valley Fair. Um, It was a full day, and I didn't expect it to be quite as hot and sunny as it was, uh, but, and also, I I got the the sugar rush from eating these um, funnel cakes. Oh yeah, better do it. Well, because I'm, I'm part of the show is I take the camera, we're backstage, backstage, we're in the, the funnel cake booth, right. making funnel cakes with Mama Jane oh, in the gosh. best around booth. As it's been a thing, I've done it with her many yeah. years over time, but this time we're in there and then I'm, I'm trying to eat it on camera and I'm just getting, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. I put t- I've put too much of the, yeah. the butter, what, some kind of nut butter topping on oh, it. Gosh. It's delicious. It was a gooey butter, good. Nana's gooey butter funnel cake. And Ooh, I've overloaded it with toppings. It's the brand new. It's the new. It's the new fair food item of the year. Really? Yeah. 
So that'll be on the I video. Might the fair. And also, um, the beautiful Caitlin Federick, who is now the Miss Tennessee Valley Fair, fairest of the fair, mm-hmm. um, was there. And I've known her. Her mom tells me I've known her for six years, which I find impossible. But I've emceed a few beauty pageants over the, t- over the years, mainly the Carnes fairest of the fair. Right. And Caitlin has either been a competitor or a winner or a past winner. Oh. So well, she and her cool. mom have popped up a few times. We've crossed paths multiple times. I've even interviewed her on the podcast a long time ago. Yeah. Well, that's so. All right. And that, and you can also listen on all the audio podcast apps if you don't want to look yeah. at uh, me. But you do want to see Alex because no. you've got on the, your podcast logo. Yeah, our logo. podcast logo, yeah. That's, where do you get your merch? Um, we have our own store. Like, did you like one of those online ones? Like, I've been using Teespring, but something's, I'm not sure about them. I think they're, they're struggling. Yeah, we use... Um, well, I, I have it in my head because I actually clicked on the link from bon- your website. <laughs> Bonfire. Bonfire. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, our store is through Bonfire. We have... Because oh, it looks good. I think I could, now, I could get this one. This one I actually bonfire. I ordered separately. Oh. But, yeah, but we, we do have this shirt, just a smaller logo version. Now, I'm um, looking at the, the shirt there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's three people. There's three people, so yeah. This, I'm assuming this is you with the... That's me. Luke, which, which one? Not Luke Shelton. What's the guy's name? Blake. Blake Shelton? Shelton. Is he he's well, a guy, right? Or Justin Timberlake just, in the, yeah. that one... Saturday Night Live skit that we won't mention. Um, oh, with the box? Yeah, yeah with the box. Yeah, uh, He loved gift wrapping. Yeah, he did. So much. Such and then we got Chris um, Chris Travis here, who's uh, Knoxville's beer nerd. Ah. And he's my co-host. And then his wife, Kayla Travis, who is uh, now known as Ginger Taps. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a great, we have a great time. And where show. do we find the podcast? Um, well, we're on all major... Um, Podcast platforms. Oh, as are we, yeah. Um, our biggest viewing audience is on Facebook Live. Because you do it live, live. We go live, live. You're like, what was that old news anchor who said, you know, we're live. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Half the time, I don't even know we're live. He just pushes the button. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I saw that one. Like, I see oh. you're walking around, and he, yeah. actually, you can see um, Chris... Walk, getting back to his seat, yeah. and you're going, because you're, you're in the middle of a story. Yeah, I'm, and he started recording without telling you. Yeah, he does that to me. He likes to. He hopes that I say something that I shouldn't on camera. <laughs> so, but you're known now as the beer comedian, and actually, you've been on the Frank and Friends show before when uh, Freddie and I were doing an episode from the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. Right. I have so long associated you with the Gatlinburg. Uh, beer scene and the yeah. wine scene and all the, you know, because you've got sponsors yeah. um, in ga- several Gatlinburg yeah, and Spirit. Gatlinburg mainly is a Tennessee Cider Company. Oh, yeah. they're good. Oh, I love, yeah. Um, that's great for I, I don't really drink beer, but I'll drink hard cider. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little hard cider story in a minute, but go ahead. A friend of yours. Oh, yeah. No, he's just a good friend of mine. And, and when I started the whole beer comedian campaign, and it's been about four or five years. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife's been... Started vet school at the veterinary school at the yeah. exact same time with four kids. And so, uh, yeah, she, she decided to change careers as yeah. an adult. And, you know, instead of being a huge change, she's working in an office somewhere and says, That's, I'm done. I'm going to be a yeah. veterinarian. Yeah. And not just a regular veterinarian. Because mm-hmm. I remember, you know, Jenny would be always right there at the comedy gigs. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the one? Did you book me to, to do a, a stand up set on the boat? On the yes, was it? Did you book that one? 
Uh, well, I did it. Or several. did we just both get booked on it? I think we probably did. Because maybe it was somebody. I booked a couple, but. Somebody hired us to, to do a, st- a comedy, stand up comedy. I remember, I'm not a stand up comedian. Yeah. But they hired us to do stand up comedian, uh, stand up comedy on the boat. Mm-hmm. And Jenny was always right there. Oh, she, you know, At every gig, front until, row. Until school started. Yeah. Uh, she was always there. But, you know, one thing, I owe a, there's one major thing I owe to you. Me? That I, you probably don't <laughs> remember this. When we met at Sidesplitters, I'd only yeah. been doing comedy for a year at that point. Yeah. And I was not a clean comedian at all. Right. So, that oh. New Year's. New Year's Eve, I, we know, were, Einstein Simplified would get booked to perform at yeah. uh, First Night Knoxville. First, yeah. And Aaron Donovan would be like the MC of it. Right. And Einstein would get up there. And we had this, we would do, but we had to do a show for the family because the kids mm-hmm. were all right. ages show. Had to be clean, no drinking. And, um, but they... Yeah, we, they, we couldn't fill the whole night. We were on twice. Right. And then they wanted uh, a stand-up to come on twice. Right. Alternate. And actually, one year we alternated with a ventriloquist. Right. But they needed somebody, and I'm, I gave them your name, didn't I? Yeah. And, Thinking that you were and, clean. Thinking I was clean. <laughs> and all, on top of that, I, I was very short notice. I think Aaron Donovan had you know, yeah. called or texted me and said, hey... We just we needed you to do twenty five minutes. I was like, okay. I didn't even know what the event was. I thought it was a big party night. Yeah, like New Year's Eve. You assume yeah. it's pe- just drunk people. I, that's what not I children. Stay yeah. who are allowed to stay up till midnight. <laughs> it was twenty four hours before the show that Aaron texts me back and goes, "Oh, by the way, it's got to be G rated. There's going to be a lot of kids." Yeah. and I froze. <laughs> I had not. I did not have one single clean joke in my background. So I had to write a twenty five minute. 100% G-rated set in one day. In one day, I get there and it's about 400 people each yeah, show. Packed. Kids all in the front row and mm-hmm. I got done with that. That led I, I booked a corporate show from that. From that, and that was my first one and that's when I was like, "Oh, corporate shows, that's where the money's at." And so I started it took me about 2 years yeah. and I had a 1-hour clean set that I still to this day can use in That's outstanding. Well, yeah, they so, do say that one of the advantages of being a clean comedian is you can make money at the okay. three C's, the mo- yeah. which is corporates, colleges, and cruises. Exactly. You know, and those are not necessarily... So a lot of comedians have to make that choice. Right. Do I want to have the freedom to say anything I want, and do I want to be able to use shock and awe and all the things with the dirty words? And a lot of comedians do that. You know, I, mm. think, I think they load up the front of their set with curse words right. to kind of shock the audience into submission. Right. I think they do it on purpose. Yeah, and Gilbert Gottfried specifically oh, yeah. used to hit you with the worst stuff at the beginning, right? And because anybody he didn't like it should leave at that point, exactly. And he would do that on purpose. Um, but then, you know, the the clean gigs, you may not be nationally famous, but mm. you're going to be making a living. The money, yeah, the money. Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate since then to um, I've done corporate shows for McDonald's and. You know, Clayton Holmes and all, oh, nice. North Carolina golf courses in North Carolina. Just very it's random, fantastic. but um, they're the scariest type of show in the world because there's there's no MC, there's no feature, there's yeah. no opener. It's you versus this whole company with a yeah. HR person who's not sure why they even hired you to be. And with. if you're not in comedy, the reason that you'd really want to have a, an opener and a middler. Um, is they warm up the room for you, mm-hmm. and also as you're the headliner waiting to go on, you get a feel for subconsciously. You just kind of absorb right. what this audience is like, yeah. and maybe certain things they freeze up and don't laugh. So you just kind of know to steer it in the 100%. direction that's working. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, but no, I enjoy doing them. It's, Good. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a rush. It's kind of so now. It's been. I mean, that's got to be over ten years ago. Oh yeah, that was before I met Jenny, and Jenny and I are having our tenth anniversary next month. So yeah. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Now I mentioned that when she decided to quit the corporate world and mm-hmm. become a veterinarian, but not a regular veterinarian. She wants to take care of exotic animals at the zoo. Yeah. I mean, like tigers, right? Well, yeah. If, if you pick, had to pick one animal that, that she would go... Tigers. It, it is tigers. Okay. 100%. Yeah. That's, That's what I thought. favorite animal. That's what I thought. Oh, she's, she'd send me pictures of her working on one. I'm like, I need to call our insurance company and see if this, <laughs> we're getting mauled by tigers discovered. Well, sometimes I, I, the picture she showed on Facebook years ago was at UT at the, med, at the mm-hmm. vet school. And she's in the picture, and here's this tiger completely yeah. out yeah. on the examining room table. I don't know yeah. if they're operating on him or yeah. just clipping his nails. I don't know what they're doing. But, yeah, this is unconscious tiger, and there's right. Jenny Stokes. I'm like, oh, yeah. hey. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'll just get random pictures sometimes. Like, oh, here's what I'm doing. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. It's I, impressive. I don't know why. In my in my radio career, I've had a couple of encounters with tigers, and it never yeah. really occurred to me that how exactly dangerous it was. Right. Because we're gonna, hey, let's do a funny photo shoot where we yeah. put the DJs straddling some tigers <laughs> to make them look like Siegfried and Roy. And finally, somebody, um, we actually, that's what we planned. We had got Mark and Brian, these DJs in Los Angeles, and we got two tigers, and we had a photo studio, but we were using the one at the ABC network. Yeah. And we're all set. And somebody, the photographer says, you know, why don't we have the tigers just lay here? Yeah. And I'll take their picture against the green screen. And then Mark and Brian can come and they'll stand here as if they were on the Tigers. Yeah. Oh, that's So crazy. I was disappointed. I was horribly disappointed because yeah. I wanted it to be real. Right. But we were all in the same room at the same time. That's... It's just a matter of, you know, yeah. let's just not put Mark and Brian on top of the Tigers right. directly. That's wild. You know, because they could have gotten, you know, castrated or something. I <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I try to avoid that at all costs. So um, improv gigs, you talked about, or like stand-up gigs, sometimes you get ones where you don't necessarily expect to be. Right. Like we were at... Um, I get a lot of those. Well, they booked Einstein Simplified to perform at the Creepy Con. Oh, yeah. And this was, um, I don't know if you know Chris Bell, I think he yeah. was the MC. I know Chris well. And uh, John, Jennifer Johnsey and a lot of the people who put on haunted houses right. in the area and some of these other, even Chocolate Festival. I've been booked yeah. to uh, perform at Chocolate Fest a couple of times. Which some of the same people are involved. So this is CreepyCon. It's in the Jacob Building, and we we show up to do our Einstein Simplified bit. And the thing about improv is you kind of want to dress as neutrally as possible mm-hmm. because if you show up wearing a Superman T-shirt and then you ask the audience for a suggestion, they're all going to be Superman related exactly. because you've limited their imagination by right. what you're wearing. So you generally, we decided we're basically going to wear. Dark colors, mostly black. Mm. If you have a black shirt, gray shirt, something. We're just going to dress in basic dark colors. Right. Well, we're there. And we had three shows over the weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think I opted out of the Sunday because I had another another gig to go to with Dr. Bass. But um, we get there, and especially the Saturday one, I remember, feeling remarkably out of place. Yeah. Because... I came cruising in at half an hour before showtime, and I go walk straight backstage, wait, thinking that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, they were in the middle of some kind of costume show at the time, mm-hmm. some kind of judging costume show, and there's all these people who are, not exaggerating, nine and ten feet tall with their costumes. Either they oh, had wow. on uh, high heel boots or they had on headpieces to look like yeah. aliens and every other, you know, 
I don't know. I, I don't know the things that they were. You know, sexy alien. It was like it was like Halloween, right? You know, the you got on. These girls have on um, mesh stockings and and this horrific monster outfit. You know, yeah. like that's just weird. But right, that, that that's what they're in. They're the costume yeah. contest. And I felt so remarkably out of place because they're all looking at me like, "Who's the freak?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like the monsters. You're yeah. watching the monsters, and so everyone thinks plain. Marilyn is the ugly one, the freaky one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Um, but I felt you know, bizarre. Yeah. Just, uh, but one thing I remember from doing it on stage is they they had a uh, scene where I'm, you do a basic interview scene over here, mm-hmm. and then something else is happening. Someone's like interpreting it, doing an interpretive dance, or pretending to do sign language, or some right. other thing at the same time. That's the person's getting all the laughs. Yeah. So all I have to do is just keep the scene going. And I thought I could be the interviewer because I'm, I'm that's what I do. Frankly. Yeah. I'm an interviewer. But no, they made me the interviewee. Oh. And the audience said that I would be a, an expert on the movie Beetlejuice. Oh. Small problem. Oh, last time I saw the movie Beetlejuice, it was in a movie theater yeah. when it was new. <laughs> That's been a while. Yeah. So I thought, well, here's the best thing I should do is uh, go with that. Yeah. And I just got up there and pretended to be the expert who loved Beetlejuice so much that why would I watch it a second time? Right. Why would I ruin it with a second viewing? Don't want to ruin it. I remember, and the guy's asking me, well, what do you remember about it? And I'm like, well, I remember the part with Catherine O'Hara, yeah. of course, where she was at the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would not have. I would have frozen up too. Well, it doesn't. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about improv, though. You you don't. There's no wrong answer. Right. That's so I can, you don't have, and, and you can't. You don't have to freeze because you just keep the yes. I did freeze the two times that you've pulled me on stage over the years. I was like, oh, I can do this. I'm a stand-up comedian. Blah blah blah. I've been doing this for a long time. They pulled me up there and. That first topic came out, I was like, um, this is not what I'm used to. I'm used to being prepared. So, uh, you guys are so good at it. I mean, you are the best. Well, I appreciate that. And we prepare in a different way. Like, we practice. We, I remember, we haven't done this in a few years. Probably time to do it again. But we had an exercise one time where we got together on a weekend and we practiced bombing jokes. Right. Because you get over the to get over the fear of it, yeah. Because in, in that group scenario, we got seven people on stage, and if you go out and your joke bombs. The next person, what you've done is you've bought a minute for the next person to come out and kill. Right. So, uh, and then they, the audience forgets that you bombed. They remember that the, the team killed. Right. So yeah. that's, a, that's a good thing. But when you, that's the difference you just talked about between stand-up and improv. Okay, let's, we'll talk about that after the break. I want to talk about uh, the Middleburg Barn. But what I think is stand-up and improv being complementary opposites to one another and that the way you way you'd prepare for them. Exactly. All right. Uh, but I'll talk about the Middleburg Barn, which is just outside Washington, D.C. It's about 25 miles west of D.C., about 10 minutes from Dulles Airport. You just take Route 50 right out to Loudoun County. And what a gorgeous place, five beautiful. years old. Yeah, they call it the, the Gucci Barn. Yeah. Or, uh, I can got, see that. It's got the Swarovski crystals and the chandeliers. Yeah. And you would rent that out. You'd call Maureen at 540-687-5255 or just visit themiddlebergbarn.com to see the pictures. But she decked it out. You know, I mean, even five years ago, she was thinking ahead and she got the uh, ultraviolet HVAC system to purify the air. Plus, a lot of people, they're right next to the the Appalachians at that point in, Mm. in space are called the Blue Ridge Mountains. Right. So a lot of people just throw open the doors on the side of the mountains. Oh, yeah. And, and spill the party out that way. 
Yeah. So the room holds 400, uh, at, or you can do other configurations. You can close doors and do this and that. Do it for 100, do it for any number. And whether you're having a corporate event or having your destination wedding or um, a fundraiser or anything in the D.C. area, and I know a lot of my friends and family still are in the uh, northern Virginia and D.C. area, the Middleburg Barn is the place to go. Um, that's the hunt country. Yeah. You know, it's the it's where they, they've got a lot of horse barns out there, a lot of Olympic uh, Past Olympians would retire out there and jump their horses. Um, a couple of celebrities live in the neighborhood. Oh, wow. John F. Kennedy and his wife used to go out there for weekends. Oh, really? Yeah, back in the in the 60s. So it's always been kind of a, a cool destination that's not that far from D.C. And whether you're just going out to hang out or, or rent the facility. And when you rent it, she doesn't book anybody else. It's You get it for the whole day. Yeah. Uh, no double booking, no rushing to get in or get out. You've got all the time in the world. Um and there's actually, it's on a working horse farm, you know, oh, wow. and this barn is for events. Mm-hmm. There's another barn that's got the, the arena in it for horse shows, and they've got outdoor horse shows all the time. So you might want to check out Fox Chase Farm, yeah. especially for the autumn, mm-hmm. oh, the fall colors. Remember, oh, they yeah. get them earlier in Virginia than we do in Tennessee right. because they're 500 miles north of here. Um, so check it out, themiddlebergbarn.com, 540-687-5255. Tell Maureen, Maureen, and I said you should call. All right, so what's your take then on comedy, uh, improv versus stand-up? Well, it's funny, too, because if you talk to some comedians, yeah, can't stand improv people. I worked, you may have heard of yeah. Alan Havey. Mm-hmm. Well, he used to be a thing yeah. out west. Anyway, he's a Vegas guy. I worked on a show, radio show that he did, and he hated prop mm-hmm. comics and improv comics. Right. Yeah, and, and then I see it. So I decided I was going to double down into improv <laughs> because of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. I, I've seen it both ways, though. Then you, so a lot from, of comedians from, are down on improv. Yeah. Not, I, I've heard that. I'm, I'm not in that boat because I've, I've done it with you guys. Yeah. And I, I respect it just as much as I respect yeah. you know, stand-up. It's a completely different process. Um, and it, I know both of them are extremely hard. I, yeah. But I know for me as a comedian... I really have to prepare for my shows. And, you know, I do improvise during the show. Right. And like you were talking about corporate events, I, I like every show I do, I go an hour early. I read the room before I even right. go on stage. And, and in stand-up, a lot of times we call that uh, that improvisation, we call it crowd work, mm-hmm. where you're reacting to things that are going on in front of you. Right. In the crowd, yeah. Yeah, Saturday night was a good example. We had a show at Orange Hat. and That's the, uh, the brewery on um, Hardin Valley Road next yeah. to the... Workout place. Yeah, next to D1. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a great place. Um, but I had a show there, and we had a very interactive... It was a, one of the smaller crowds I've had lately. Yeah. But um, a lot of times at Orange Hat, I'll get 200 people. This night, we only had wow. 40 or 50 because of the Tennessee game. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're all home watching TV. Yeah, and going to overtime, the crowd just didn't come out. It was too late by then. But the crowd we did have was very interactive, so I, my improv skills had to come out because I had a whole table of women just... Pew, 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 <laughs> they weren't being mean. They were just playing along with my material. Yeah. And, but they don't uh, know. They're, they're used to talking back to the TV at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it no, we for, can hear you. It made for a better show, though. Oh, so. that's, yeah. But I know in, in your case, when I've, you know, gone into go on stage with you, I think it's been twice. I don't think y'all invite me back anymore after those. You're, uh, <laughs> you're invited back. I will tell you right now. Scruffy City Hall on Tuesdays but, yeah. is when we do that. But I... I I got. I went in there thinking, okay, I can do this, and yeah. I I froze because no, I'm, I'm the type that 
has to prepare. Well, and, and we prepare in a different way. It's right. like, but we're preparing for, I like to use the analogy of pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the improv team knows the rules of basketball. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what's going to happen in the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you get the, you understand the basic gist of it. Yeah. You know, here's certain things that we always are, are do, and there's certain things that we don't do, that we, certain mm-hmm. things we avoid. Right. You avoid denying. You avoid asking questions. Um, and you, that kind of, there's a few things that you just don't, we try to, to avoid because that has been proven over time right. to make the improv flow and make it work. You know, and it's a matter of listening to your scene partner, accepting whatever they say and not denying it. There's a classic case of Joan Rivers where um, she tried to do improv early on in her career. And whatever um, the scene was, someone said, you know, you're... They made Chip act like she was her wife, daughter, whatever. And she says, "No, I'm not," and changes it. The audience laughs, but the scene is dead. Right. The whole she's killed the scene. Took the laugh for herself. Um, so the most important person on the stage in improv is always the other person. Right. And for the other person, the most important person on the stage is the other person, meaning you. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of, you know, benefit. And the other difference yeah. I found. Having done stand up yeah. twice, <laughs> remember. So I'm an expert. I've done stand up twice. You well, did two one wins, though. That's <laughs> all right, I did. So. I did prepare, so I did a lot. Of, I probably done, you know, maybe twenty or thirty shows to prepare for those two mm-hmm. wins and a couple of, you know, extra gigs with you afterward because yeah. I could have used. You know, it's fifty bucks. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in stand up, you have this idea for a story, and you, if you tell it in a conversation at home. It might take 15 minutes, and if, yeah. you know, your friends will either be bored out of their minds or they'll go right. along with it. Well, you don't have 15 minutes to tell that story on stage. No. You've got 15 seconds. Yeah. So you have to take that concept and just keep reducing it and removing words and boiling it down to the three elements of the joke, which is you know, the, uh, the premise, the pattern, and break the pattern. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. And then now you have a nice joke. Well, you've just spent all that energy to create 15 seconds yeah. of comedy. And that's why comedians measure their... Worth sometimes, or when you're when you're booking a yeah. gig, you said Aaron Donovan told you you needed a 25 minute set, right? Which that's like, a lot. <laughs> when you start out, you're lucky to get five minutes. Oh yeah, and now you've got to do that times five. Yeah, five five minute sets that are unique from one another because that's you know, and a lot of the when we did um, side splitters, it was like six minutes was like the right, number. Six so it was like six, twelve, eighteen multiples of mm-hmm. six, and then the headliner ultimately would do like um, forty eight minutes, right? right? Yeah. I don't know why that number, why it was. That, that was, yeah, that was the number usually. Yeah, it was so. But you were either a headliner, a middler, or an opener based on whether you had forty-eight minutes <clears throat> or twenty-four yeah. minutes or you know um, whatever it would be, yeah. twelve minutes, right? Right, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you got to do that process over and over again. Take that funneling down, that reducing, and uh, you know, like a silo, or you're mm. driving it down to get all these little jokes that add up to forty-eight minutes. Right. In improv, you flip the equation. Mm-hmm. You start with nothing yeah. except the, the rules of improv. Right. Audience gives you the tiny little seed of an idea, and you keep growing it and growing it and growing it, making it bigger and bigger and bigger. And once you get to the laugh, you're done. Yeah. But the audience is super forgiving because they, it was their idea. Right. So they're in on it with you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, I think it's cool. So in improv, audiences are like, it. take my idea. Yeah. And stand-up audiences are like, make me laugh, yeah, funny make man. Me laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Been, what's the coldest room you've ever had? To, uh, well, not specifically, but you know, an example of a walking into just a hostile okay. crowd. Hot, um, gosh, I've had one recently. It seems like um, <laughs> well, don't out anybody. I don't. No, I, won't, I don't uh, want you to lose a future gig on my account. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it's it's interesting because I 
<clears throat> I, I was primarily a comedy club comedian for five, yeah. six years. And then the comedy club went away. The comedy club went away. So no I started doing dive bars. This is before the brewery scene hit. Yeah. And so... Um, that was the only place you could do comedy yeah. in Knoxville at the time. Yeah. Or Sevierville or wherever I would go. And so um, those are a lot of times hostile because only oh. only the people on Facebook that saw that you had a show that came to see you yeah. are, are there for it. The rest of the bar is mad that there's a guy with a microphone now, yeah. and they turned the jukebox off, and we were listening to, where's the band? Did you ever have to do a show while they leave the TVs on? Oh. And there's a game playing? Well, I don't know. If, or something? Uh, <laughs> the, the funniest story, I've told this story before. I was in Alcoa at a super dive bar, and uh, a fight broke out. Oh. Some other people were beating up one of the comedians <laughs> right in front of the stage, right when they had called my name to go up. Oh, no. So I had to deal with this. It takes 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'll tell you who it was off camera. But, <laughs> I probably know who they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you 100% know who it is. Um, and, of course, none of us helped. None of us helped him because we were all like, get your notebooks out. I'm writing this one down. <laughs> I got the story. <laughs> but uh, so I get back on stage. All this commotion is like 25 minutes. All the TVs are on. I didn't know there was a TV right behind my head. Oh, no. I'm getting ready to start talking, and some guy in the corner goes, Hey, look, they killed Osama bin Laden. I was like, oh, all right. No. I'm not even do- I'm done. I look up, and it's just scrolling across the screen. I was like, yeah, I can't overcome a fight in Osama bin Laden in a dive bar. <laughs> yeah, because it's tough when there's a, when they leave off. the TVs on, even if it's just some random sporting event, and oh. people just start reacting yeah. to the game. You know, some game from teams that aren't even around from yeah, around Yeah, here. it could be yeah. hockey. And- yeah, we had a few. There used to be um, was some wing joint. I don't know if it was Quaker State. And lube or Quaker steak and lube. Some, and there's some a couple some wing joint like that yeah. that booked Einstein for a few gigs. So here we are yeah. showing up in a restaurant right. environment to try to do improv, and the TVs are playing games. Yeah, and it, uh, it's hard. And yeah, if you don't bring your own crowd with you, you're you're done. Yeah. Um, but while I'm on the topic of improv, I have a, a if you want, I can give you this pin, the souvenir pin Aaron Cody Campbell gave me from the Secret City Improv Fest coming up on uh, September 30th and October 1st at the uh, Grove Theater in Oak Ridge. Oh, it's going to be at the Grove. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Oh, that's you're, beautiful. You're, I've performed there. Beautiful theater. Yeah, theater. it's nice. It's a good, uh, for any local performing arts agency, you should get in touch with the Grove. It's relatively easy to book, I mean, except that it mm-hmm. fills up. Yeah. Um, and you get yourself in there. And it's, I guess, an old, I mean, it's been around since, they call it the historic Grove Theater. It's been right. around since, I guess, the 40s when Oak Ridge was built. Yeah. And um, we did one, this will be the second year. Last year... Uh, while they were still kind of, you know, dealing with um, pandemic-ish and lockdown-ish mm-hmm. issues, they just had everybody really spread out. And it was a little weird because, you know, the audience was limited in size right. to half the capacity of the room. And deliberately, they're all spread out. So you're working to a half-empty room yeah. on by design. Gotcha. Oh, wow. And everybody's spread out. Yeah. And in comedy clubs, they they yeah. would deliberately push people together because mm-hmm. it makes the laughs louder. I, yeah. There's all this mindset that goes it into is. the architecture of a comedy club. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's going to be the Einstein is performing on the Saturday show, uh, so I guess that's October 1st. Uh, there'll also be workshops on how to do improv during the day on oh. Saturday. Paul Simmons is teaching one. guy from Improv Chattanooga is teaching one. And two folks from out of town, which who I don't know yet, uh, maybe someone from Florida, maybe someone from Chicago. Oh. Are teaching so for I have some of my students that want to come yeah, check that out uh, for workshops and generally they're affordable because it's a one-off. These at fest improv festival is a great way to 
take a class. Yeah. And then there's uh, also a high school intensives we're doing on, on the um, Saturday. You'll see a bunch of high school troops from Catholic, I think Hardin Valley, mm-hmm. um, Farragut maybe, and uh, Oak Ridge oh, okay. uh, are participating and going to learn, you know, take an intensive during the day and then do a show that night. Right. Well, that's yeah. Uh, and there's also a bunch of shows. I think 23 improv troops from all over the country. Really? On oh, Between Friday night and Saturday night. Oh, wow. That will be a lot of fun. All different styles. And yeah. a lot of them are the long-form styles. You know, Einstein is unusual in that we do the short-form, mm. tat tat joke, joke, joke yeah. kind of f- format. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's fascinating. I'm yeah. try to come. Please do. Yeah. Please do. I hope you can make it. Um, I, I don't know if we're serving beer because it's, you know, there'll be kids there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're the beer comedian. <laughs> I can I can go without <laughs> for an hour or two. <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I want to mention real quick. I get your take on this because uh, I'll probably ask Catherine Frady when she's here, also because she's half British. But I noticed this on Facebook after the the Queen passed away. When someone dies, when someone mm-hmm. famous dies, are you sad to hear that they've died? Um. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> I'm sad that they died. Oh. You see. Because good, when you put the, when you I type see. this on Facebook, I'm so sad to hear the news about Queen Elizabeth. Well, then don't listen. Yeah, don't listen. Just don't put, just turn off the news. Yeah. You won't have to hear it. You won't be sad. But that's true. So it's one of my pet peeves. I just, yeah, I can, no, I can. I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, I'm so sad to hear about your recent uh, dog's death. Um, I'm like, um, well, then don't tell me. <laughs> that's why I don't ever comment on anything anymore. I'm just like, oh yeah, you get totally burned. Yeah, just let it go. <laughs> Because the people like you that are going to get me from my words. No, well, no, I'm also like you. I wouldn't. I mean, I think these things. You think it, yeah. But I put it here, you know, 33 minutes into the podcast, so only the most loyal of fans, yeah, <laughs> yeah, will hear it. So I know that's true. <laughs> I know. I think I'm in a in a safe harbor here, <laughs> rather than irritating somebody on Reddit with yeah. my with my spicy thought. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Don't ever look at Reddit. They they, hate, they hate everybody. <laughs> I think all of them, everybody just hates everybody now anyway, so yeah. I just kept, I post my shows on Facebook and Instagram and then I move on. Move on. Like, here's where I'll be tonight. Can't see me. Well, I hope uh, you can uh, hang on and do another show with us real soon. Yeah. Because I want to also mention before we wrap, the, uh, the, you've got your merch, but I also am getting out for the fall the, uh, the Frank and Friends show merch. This mm-hmm. is uh, the Red Hoodie, which I think is, is lovely. Oh. And so you've got the big, big logo on the back. Oh, those are cool. Yeah. I got these from, uh, from Teespring, oh. which is, uh, I guess, okay. And then there's the same, the same thing in, uh, in black, yeah. that, uh, which is also yeah, the sharp. logo kind of pops on that one. Let's see if I can... It's about you know. that time for hoodies. Yeah. Because uh, up until this point, I've been pushing beach towels. Yeah. You know, because I love the beach towel. Oh, those are cool. Yeah. I love the beach towel because I do the uh, the, the full um, yeah. Jody Collins, Feral Giant <laughs> designed logo with the yeah. scenic uh, landscape of the Smoky Mountains and the tawdry uh, Vegas style motel. Yeah. Which is what uh, he, I told him we were going for with this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so you get those uh, through our website, frankandfriendsshow.com slash store. I'll also mention that uh, if you like audio entertainment of any kind, please use our URL at Audible. You can listen to this podcast and hundreds of hundreds of other podcasts, thousands and thousands of audiobooks and new custom entertainment. They're doing comedy now on Audible and oh. other, other things, some drama, and etc. Uh, you go to audibletrial.com slash show. That gets you a free 30-day premium membership where you get all of the benefits of the high-end premium membership, including a credit for an MP3 download. And don't miss out on that. Every month, premium 
premium members get a credit for one MP, one credit for an oh, MP3 download. Awesome. You can either bank them and download something that is worth multiple credits yeah. or just use them one at a time. Well, use yours during the free month because regardless of whether you continue with Audible, you keep that MP3 forever. Audibletrial.com slash Frank and Friends show. Yeah. All right. Um, YouTube, uh, let's get your plugs in there. Where do we find you? On um, um, Facebook? Yeah, Waking Up in a Brewery on Facebook and also The Beer Comedian on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think I've got 18 Facebook pages I, I looked at the other day. Yeah. I don't, I've got one for all the books I've written. For some reason, I gave it a separate page, but, well, but yeah. At the time, yeah. At the time, I thought it was a good idea, but now it's just... <laughs> now you can consolidate it into yeah, Alex Stokes, comedic author. But yeah, Waking Up in a Brewery um, on YouTube. We're, the YouTube channel, we're just getting going. But you can find us, Waking Up in a Brewery, on uh, all the major podcast streams. Um, and we do Facebook Live usually every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. That's usually the best time to catch us live. Oh, good. But you can always go back and watch any episode. And, um, and then The Beer Comedian and beercomedian.com is yeah. my website. And so, you so can buy day, my books and all that good so stuff. So day drinking is what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, that's how he and Chris and I met. He's your co-host. Uh, he's right there. This is the one yeah, with the yeah. He's, the he's, beard. He's, he's here to make sure I don't. He's you're, also you're my the, manager. You're the one with the hair that goes up. His is the one with the hair yeah. that goes down. That's yeah. how we tell you apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daydrink. That's how we met. It, uh, he would open the brewery at eleven o'clock in the morning, and I'd get there at ten thirty in the morning. <laughs> so. Banging on the door. Can you let me in? Well, at some point in your life, you, you decided to quit the corporate world and go to comedy and yeah. writing full time. So, yeah. yeah, well, of course, what are you going to well, do? That's, well, that's where I, I really would. I, I, I get most of my book writing done at Orange Hat Brewery because it's quiet during the daytime. And it's, well, let's t- next time you're on, which yeah. should be very, very soon, yeah. let's uh, keep, yeah, definitely. put a pin on that topic so that we can get back to it and okay. not forget. All Sounds right. Uh, thank you for uh, watching, liking, and sharing, and subscribing on all of the audio podcast apps that we're on, like Alex, yeah. but also especially on the YouTube, because I came up with this idea to somehow try to monetize this show on YouTube, but to do it, we need 1,000 subscribers, and we need 4,000 viewing hours. We're making big gains and if you can get us to a thousand by Christmas, that would uh, could possibly put literal cents in my pocket, and I would appreciate that more than you know. <laughs> All right. So uh, since you're probably already subscribed, uh, get someone else to do it. Yeah. yeah that's your <laughs> evangelize yeah. for us, will you? Uh, all right. It is the Frank and Friends show. I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Alex Stokes. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next time. Yeah. Thank you.